we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano. It is an insider look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on hot topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Based on the Wired cover story by Jason Parham and directed by Princess Penny. Executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter. A People's History tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change, while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. If you were there for Meet Me in Temecula or Thanksgiving Clapback, you need to see this series. If you weren't there, time to dive in. Watch how Black Lives Matter grew and gained force because of the voices on Black Twitter, bringing these issues to the forefront like never before. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. AT&T connects and ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Radio show more important than any other mainstream media outlet. The Breakfast Club. Don't play with it, don't play with it, don't play with it. Come on, baby, don't play with it. Break the blink out. You think I'm gonna come here when this ain't hot? DJ Envy and Charlemagne the God. Being here next to all of you guys, it's really big. It's one of my favorite shows to do. Just because y'all always keep it 100, y'all keep it real. But what better place than, than here? I think everybody should go on the breakfast club and start <laughs> with that true, if yes. you want to shake it up. Good morning, USA! Yo, 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 Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Hump day. Good morning. That's right. How y'all feel out there? It's Wednesday. It's hump day. It's middle of the week. Good morning. I feel blessed, black, and highly favored, man. Happy to be here. I was uh riding in the work listening to a great uh, podcast, one of my favorite podcasts, the Pivot Podcast, 
with uh, Ryan Clark and Fred Taylor and Channing Crowder, and they had Des Bryant on. Man, such a powerful, mm-hmm. inspiring conversation, man. I love to hear black men uh, just being vulnerable. What was he discussing? Oh, everything. I mean, his, his upbringing and, you know, uh, his, his issues. Not issues, but how, how he came up under his mother because, you know, his mother had him when she was 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, he was just explaining that dynamic and that relationship, how he breaks, you know, generational curses in his own family. Like, it's it's just good. It's good to hear Des Bryant in such a great space, man. I love a great conversation. That's a great conversation. So That's right. Go check that out. Okay. After you after you listen to The Breakfast Club, of course, this morning. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, we got some uh, special guests joining us this morning. Oh, yes, we do. Uh, speaking of some great storytellers. We have uh, Anjune Ellis. Anjune. Anjune Ellis. Anjanou. I said Anjune. Anjune Ellis and uh, Ava DuVernay. They'll yes. be joining us. Uh, Origin. New flick premieres January 19th in select theaters. So we're going to be now, talking to them about that. I've had the privilege Max. of already seeing Origin. Let me tell you what Origin is based on. If you've ever read the book Cast, great book by Isabel Wilkinson. Read it a few years ago. It's based off this book. When I when I when I heard that they were doing a movie based off this book, I was like, how are they going to make a movie based off cast? Like if it's not a documentary, because the <laughs> book is just full of facts and research. But she did it uh, through the lens of Isabel Wilkinson getting the idea to write the book cast mm-hmm. and the process of her writing the book. And that's who uh, Ajinu plays. She plays Isabel Wilkinson in the movie. Correct. Yes. Yeah, so we'll be talking to them this morning. Correct. And, and like you said, it's uh, it's based off, uh, I, I guess, different things that happened in the, in the, in the past, what, six, seven years? No. Uh, was she research? No. What was it? The book is what? It's cast? Yeah. The movie? What is the research on? It is based off uh, the system that we live in and how, how, how the system of race was developed mm. in the country. Mm-hmm. In America, okay, yes. All right, so we'll we'll discuss with them. And I said six years, but I'm bugging because they go way back to slavery days. They <laughs> yes. go way back. I'm to, like, what the hell are you talking to about? The Holocaust? I mean, I'm, it I'm was bugging. inspired. It was sparked. Uh, a lot of the idea was sparked by the death of Trayvon Martin. Correct. Yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. Cause well. All right, well, we'll kick it with them in a little bit, but let's get to some front-page news when we come back. Teslin Figueroa will be joining us at Don't Move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front-page news. Morning, Tiz. Good morning. Happy Wednesday, DJ NV Charlemagne the Guy. Peace, Ted. Let's jump right into it. Let's talk Nikki Haley. Yeah, well, once again, uh, it wouldn't be campaign season if nobody was bringing up slavery and racism. So Nikki Haley was asked on Fox News if she belonged to a racist party, but she answered about racism in America. Take a listen. Are you a racist party? We're not a racist country, Brian. We've never been a racist country. Our goal is to make sure that today is better than yesterday. Are we perfect? No. I know I faced racism when I was growing up, but I can tell you today is a lot better than it was then. Now, her campaign affirmed her statement and said that America has always had racism, but America has never been a racist country. So a little bit of contradiction. If it's all, if you've always had racism, how can it not be a racist you, country? You, you know what's so interesting about that, uh, that, that, that whole exchange? We've heard that before. You know, Senator Tim Scott, you know, said that a few years ago. And guess who agreed with him? Vice President Kamala Harris. Guess yep. who also agreed with him? Uh, my OG, J- Jim Clyburn. And I remember uh, Vice President Kamala Harris saying that, you know, uh, America's not a racist country, but we need to talk openly about the racism in America. So it's kind mm-hmm. of the same rhetoric. It's a racist country. I mean, it's... Uh, duh, but I'm just saying how it's just the same rhetoric. I just don't, you know, it's just it's just strange to me how we don't hold, you know, everybody to the same level of account- accountability. Because the problem is no politician knows how to talk about race, honestly, That's right. in this country. Yeah, it, none of, none yeah, of them, I, regardless of what side they're on. 
That's right. And my confusion is every year you go, like, come on, candidates, let's get it together. Let, that should be the first thing in training. Shout out to my training, push the line training. We train about 500 people every year for to run for office. Maybe they just need to start knowing how to answer this question right out the gate. Uh, Ron DeSantis also was asked about her comments on CNN. And this is what he had to say. Do you agree that the U.S. has never been a racist country? Well, the U.S. Uh, is not a, a racist country, and we've overcome things in our history. You know, I think the founding fathers, they established a set of principles that are that, that are universal. Now, they may not have been universally applied at the time, but I think they understood what they were doing. I don't understand why people are mad uh, or scared to say it's a racist country. Of course, it's not back where, when my dad was in school where he had to use different bathrooms and, and different water fountains, but... It's still a racist country. Like, Listen, no, n- nobody talks about race honestly. When, it, uh, when the elected officials don't talk about race honestly because a lot of Republicans are racist. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and Democrats are just afraid to talk about race. Democrats, a- Democrats advocate for you know anti-racist policies, but then they'll turn around and say things like America's not a racist country because they're ter- afraid to turn off these hypothetical imaginary swing voters. Mm-hmm. And and just to be clear, as we know, there's some racism going on in the Democrat Party as well. But it's about the overtly racist racism that you see uh, on the other side. Just make sure we put that point out there. Now, um, it, 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 just, it, it bothers me. Like when I yeah. when I hear somebody like Nikki Haley say that, I got, I expect that from Republicans. Like it bothers me more when yeah. I hear uh, Democrats say things like that because you can't lay out all these examples of systemic racism and then turn around and say America isn't a, ra- a racist country because you just dismiss your own position. Sure, sure. But again, like you said, they're trying to make sure they piss off. They don't uh, upset those hypothetical uh, swing voters. Right. That that are not voting for you and keep telling you over and over they're not voting for you. Uh, Dr. Ben Carson also, he chimed in this week in Iowa, uh, letting everybody know that, hey, we shouldn't be ashamed about America's history. Uh, So take a listen to that. If there's anything unique about the United States and slavery, it's that we had so many people who were vehemently opposed to it that we fought a bloody civil war to get rid of the evil institution. And that's what we should teach our children. Our history is nothing to be ashamed of. There's good, there's bad, and there's ugly, as there is in every society inhabited by human beings, which is why we need a savior. If If you are a Republican... Our Democrat. If everybody in the Republican Party was was unified and they all collectively said America is a racist country and it's our job to fix it, or if everybody in the Democratic Party was unified and they all collectively said America is a racist country and it's our job to fix it, it wouldn't be an issue. And it would be an honest conversation. But folks are scared to do that because they know nobody in the party will have their back. If a Republican says that, they know nobody in the party going to have their back. If a Democrat says that, they know nobody in the party going to have their back. Mm-hmm. Did you? I, I wanted to just say again on Ron DeSantis. Did you hear him say uh, it's universal? Uh, the, the founding fathers meant for it to be universal, but it wasn't universal. I'm gonna be honest with you. I I I, I be I be tuning in Ron DeSantis out. That's what you was playing in there uh, before Ben. Yes, oh, I before, played Ron DeSantis. Yeah, I heard Ben. I didn't, I didn't I didn't even I didn't even hear the Ron. Just totally tuned him out. Okay. I didn't hear Ron at all. I can remember Ben saying we need a savior. I didn't hear Ron at all. All right, well, that is front page news. Now, what are we talking about next hour, Tess? Uh, next hour, we're going to talk about AI. Charlamagne, you've mentioned many, many times how AI will be spreading misinformation during the campaign, and they said they're going to do something about it. And then just a quick update on the IRS and getting your taxes ready. All right, well, we'll see you in a little bit. Everybody else, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, phone lines are wide open. Whatever's on your mind, it doesn't matter what it is. Call us up right now. 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Ray, Ray, Ray. 
This is your time to get it off your chest. I got an indoor pool, an outdoor pool. We want to hear from you on the Breakfast Club. We can get on the phone right now here and tell you what it is. We live. Hello, who's this? DJ Envy, what's going on? This is front page O. Front page O, what up? Get it off your chest, bro. Hey man, real quick, what up, Charlemagne? Peace, King. Peace, peace. Hey, real quick. I'm a truck out here in these streets, man. So so this one right here is for the professional drivers. Hey, look, man. In the name of Diddy, we gotta stop the sadness out here, because here's what's happening. Mm-hmm. You're a professional driver and I got a lot of pedals in my truck. That means I go faster than the average. If a lot of these guys are locked off at 65 or 63 miles an hour, eat that. Take it up with your company, but don't throw your body in the lane of a truck that's flying down the line here. Now, it sounds critical, Solomon. I know you always complain it. Your truckers don't drive it like it's a Lexus, but at the end of the day, it's in your best interest we, we keep it moving and stay out your way. Stay no, out your way. I do not like y'all driving trucks like they cause. And, 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 and by the way, if y'all was actually paying attention to other people on the road, which I don't think y'all are, I think y'all hit those left turns and those right turns, and y'all expect us to see y'all and get out y'all way. Y'all ain't looking out for nobody else. I refuse to believe that. Impossible. Not the way y'all drive. Impossible. We can clearly see everything. 360 all over. We got this. I will say this, We're though. We're avoiding I, you guys just to keep it moving. I see a if lot you of... you guys get mad and want to dictate and play traffic cop and get in the lane, you're going to get yourself I'm, killed. I'm never doing that. I'm never, I'm never doing that with a truck, but I just wish that y'all didn't treat trucks like they were just regular old Prius. Yeah, but people do, too, though. People treat trucks like they don't exist or so a truck could just hit the brake dumb fast or something because I see people cutting trucks off and, and, and then trying to brake check trucks and exactly. all types of wild stuff, and I'm like, all right, all right. You think you're going to exactly. win that battle? Okay. You're not going to win. 80,000 pounds up your ass. You can't win. Stop Whoa. doing that. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know who's doing that. Whoever doing that is stupid. But, All right, front uh, page. Please, but please stop driving your goddamn. And this is for you. There you go. There you go. Please don't listen to him. Stop driving your trucks like it's a regular car. Please get it off your chest. Eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest. Keep calling. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? This is uh, Rashad. Rashad, what's up? Get it off your chest. So, I've been in Buster Rhymes' DM for like a minute now, about a year, right? And I've been sending him some beats that I've been making. I was just up to like 5 a.m. yesterday, sending him track after track after track. He replied once, sent a hard, nothing came about it. Uh, just sent him some more tracks. He hasn't opened it. I'm hoping maybe he hears this, you know, maybe he opens it and something What are you talking about? So you mad you've been DMing Busta Rhymes beats and he hasn't opened up your DM, nor has he responded? No, he did respond once because I did it about a year ago. What what was his response? He he said love. He was like, yo, I see what you're doing. I I love it, but I misunderstood his post. He wanted to work with artists, but it was more of a promotional type thing and I thought he just wanted to like work with anybody, but I didn't have the money, but... What's up? Maybe he listening to your beats and he didn't hear nothing that he likes so far. Maybe not, but hey, I'm still at it. And I'm still sending them stuff. I just want him to hear it. Maybe maybe it was just the wrong time. Like no, no, no. I, th- I think I, th- I, th- I think I think the last thing you said is true. Maybe it's just the wrong time. But you know what? You got to have a DJ Khaled level of annoyance. So yeah, if you feel like he's paying attention, 
keep sending them beats. But guess what? If you send artists beats and they don't uh, reply to you on social media, they don't have to. No, like, they don't can, have to. They might not have it. They might not like it. I'm not mad about it. But I hope maybe he hears it. But also, you know, is it's you know, Buster might not be in his DMs, but he has a bunch of people around it. Send it to Spliff. Send it to his manager. Send it to his A and R. Send it to everybody around it. Send it to his DJ. Send it to everybody in Buster. Because all you need is one person to hear it and say, "Yo, that beat is dope." Let me see, let me give it to Buster see if he well, like it. Well, let me ask you another question: Why, why Buster? Why, why Buster? Why not reach out to some of these artists that's you know young and on the come up who might be paying attention? You know the fresh beats and want some new beats. Like you know, Buster's Buster, Buster runs. I'm sorry, but he is one of my favorite artists and always will be. Oh, so you're on your bucket list? I want. What's that? I said, oh, Buster's on your bucket list. 100. Yeah. Oh, so, so you're, you're not trying. You're, you're not. You're, you're not I, really I, trying to get on. You just want Buster to hear your music. Not. I mean, oh no. The goal, of course, is to get on. I'm not. This isn't for nothing. Like I want an opportunity out of this, but. Nah, if anything, if you just gave me an opportunity or just like gave me some feedback or anything, like that would mean the world. Or do you hear Buster on your beats? How old are you, brother? I'm 28. 28. 28. Okay. Yeah, I would say keep doing it. And, and like Charlamagne said, I would, I love Buster, but I would give it to a bunch of different artists. And because, you know what I mean? You never know what artists will like your beats or, or reply or will use your beats. And then maybe that'll get to you to your bucket list where you want to work with Buster one day. You're right. Say what? All right, brother. All right, appreciate y'all. Peace. Peace. Hello, who's this? Yo, yo, it's Rico. Philly. Rico, what up? Get it off your chest. Hey, what's up, fellas? Um, I just want y'all opinion on time. Yes, now, sir. Me personally, I do think that uh, America is uh, a racist country. It started that way from the beginning. So I don't know how they saying that, but just to play devil's advocate. White, white devil's advocate. Now, yeah, white devil's advocate. Let's go that route. You know how if you go to a bar and they sell food, they still consider it a bar, but it's not a restaurant. Uh-huh. What do you th- We're welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give us his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will be bringing his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. 
Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Based on the Wired cover story by Jason Parham and directed by Princess Penny, executive producer of Insecure Black Twitter, a people's history tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. If you were there for Meet Me in Temecula or Thanksgiving Clapback, you need to see this series. If you weren't there, time to dive in. Watch how Black Lives Matter grew and gained force because of the voices on Black Twitter, bringing these issues to the forefront like never before. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The one million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the One Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. They want, what if that's the way they trying to air quote portray it at? I don't, I don't, I don't really yeah, understand don't, the I'm analogy, lost. if I'm being honest with you, sir. Like, like, all right, let's say you go to a bar. Uh-huh. And then next thing you know, they hang. It's like a corner bar or whatever, but they got like chicken wings, et cetera, et cetera. They got finger food. They saying America is the bar. There's no racism in here, but there is racism in the country. But yeah, but that's like saying there's no racism. food in the bar. There is food in the bar. You don't. You don't. You right, don't, that's you don't, what you I'm don't saying. The restaurant, but it's still food. Right, hey, hey, my brother. Right. My brother. Here's the reason America's a racist country. America's a racist country is because it's rooted in systemic racism. Like, like you got people every day waking up fighting for racial equity. You know what I mean? Like in in in, in every in every way possible. It's just it's systemic racism and structural racism in the very foundation of America. It's not just the. It's not just. You know, a person here or there who is prejudiced against black people. It is systemic and structural racism in the very foundation of of America. Oh, no, I absolutely believe that because that's how it all started. Like, we didn't voluntarily come over here. 
I mean, so it's, 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 st- it's still going. It's in every industry. It's in the healthcare industry. It's in, you know, the judicial system. Like, it's it's literally in every industry. Right. So. That's what I'm. <laughs> so is the United <laughs> States a racist country? It is. Yes. And we've been having some long overdue awakenings on systemic racism. And, you know, we're going to keep fighting until we break these, these structures down. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up. Now, when we come back, uh, we got to discuss Diddy. You know, Diddy was suing his uh, liquor company, Diageo, and it seems like they reached a settlement. We'll talk about it when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. I love some good drive-by hate in the morning. Two-thought guy, Brandon. Brandon's one of our... Uh, Producers, Brandon's a producer, right? Yes. And you got on some. Come here, Brandon. Show me. What are you hating? What you hating on him? Come here, Brandon. Come here, Brandon. I oh, walk God. by fast and hit him too. I just hit him and kill him. Hit him with what? What'd you say? Like, show Brandon got the. Show, what, what kind of jays are old, Brandon? What kind of jays are old? What are those? These elevens. These 11s. The 11s. The white and black uh, patent leather 11 jays, right? What's wrong with the Concord? No, the Concord. I walk by and I go. Yo, them J's clean, but they fake. They fake? <laughs> no. You got fake. Yeah, they fake. Order, nah, oh, don't try to show us the skew. Don't try to show us the skew. So many skews. Wow. <laughs> so for you guys that don't know, you know, we used to work on Canal Street by Canal Street, and I guess that's where you got them from because they sell a lot of the fake sneakers. Yo, I can see the ass crack in his Jordan, Yo, man. That's how I know man. his Jordan. His Jordan logo got an ass crack in it. That's how I know they not real. They but real. they clean though. They look fresh. You stupid. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Diddy. This is the rumor report. I mean, I guess we on the breakfast club. This is where the tea spills, right? Yes. Right. Now, Diddy and Diageo settled seven months after Diddy accused Diageo of racism and under investig- uh, under investing in his liquor brands. Now, Diageo is the parent company, kind of like if you look at it like a record label, like an artist on to a record label. So they usually handle distribution. They handle promotion. They usually handle marketing. And Diddy was upset and saying some of the other brands that they have, they do more for. Uh, and they do, don't do the same for mine. So they reached a, an agreement. And yesterday, Diageo said, uh, Mr. Combs has re- withdrawn all his allegations about Diageo and will voluntarily dismiss his lawsuits against Diageo with prejudice. Uh, Diageo and Mr. Combs have no ongoing business relationship, either with respect to Ciroc Vodka or Deleon Tequila, which Diageo now solely owns. So Diddy has nothing to do with Ciroc and Deleon anymore? Not anymore, no. So, so basically, they either bought him out or or settled the lawsuit, basically. Correct. I wonder if Diddy uh, wasn't dealing with everything he's dealing with right now, would they have stayed in business with him? I wonder. No, because he was trying to get out beforehand, remember? Was he trying to get out or was he just trying to, you know, uh, get them to honor their contract? Because if you know, remember remember Hove did the same thing with Bacardi, but they're still in business together. And Hove won his lawsuit. Mm. You know what I mean? So I just, I mean, I just wonder what they. But this was before all that, though. Remember, before all that, they wanted out. They were trying to find a, a way what, out of it. You know? No, that, I don't think they were trying to find a way out. He was just suing them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, they, he was just suing them. And then remember, they their their response was, you know, even though you know he's he's trying to turn a simple business dispute into uh, a claim of racism. But Hove was different, right? Because Hove never claimed that the he never claimed that racism. was racism. He just no. claimed that uh, they were undervaluing his company yes. and they had to revalue the company, which is different than saying somebody's being racist, especially in today's workplace and today's business. Two different approaches. I think they both were trying to get to the same goal, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yep, yep. I, I just wonder. I just wonder if Diddy wasn't going through everything he's going through. Could they have 
you Work know, it settle, out. settled that and then still stayed in business together. I don't know. Good question. Now, if you were looking forward to that Drake and J. Cole tour, well, it looks like you're going to have to wait a little longer. It's all a blur tour is being postponed. OVO Eli in the back, you know, he's a huge Drake fan. Crying. He's so upset. Yeah, Crying he was right tearing now. this morning when he walked in. Makeup running. It was supposed to start January 18th in Denver, but now they're saying uh, the tour will now start on February 2nd in Tampa Bay, Florida. February right. 2nd? Yep. Black History Month? Yep, yep, yep. They should both start in like the middle of Black History Yo, shut up, man. No, I'm just saying. Like, just half halfway through? Yeah, half of just Black, halfway through? Half of Black History Month, they should start. Oh, my goodness. And lastly, uh, Charlemagne came in this morning talking about Des Bryant. He recently appeared on an episode of the Pivot oh, Podcast. Oh, so powerful, man. And they were having a conversation about breaking generational curses. And this is some of the things that he was saying. Let me read something. It's been on my phone for five. Since I met y'all, it's probably been like six years. Just you know? say, uh, break break generational curses. Quit yelling at your kids before they go to bed and expect them to sleep well. Mm. Quit yelling at your kids in the morning right after they wake up before school and expect them to have a good day. You set the tone for your children. You set the tone for your, you set the tone for your voice. They will always remember in their heads. You become the inner voice. Don't be the inner critic. Speak life. Speak love. Speak bravery. Kindness and hope. Speak wisdom and truth. Most of all, listen to your children. I never had none of that. I get that to mine. And that's my number one priority. That's, I follow that. That's how I break it. And, um, and I do it. I live it. I live it. Man, drop all the clues, bonds for Des Bryant, man. Salute to everybody at the pivot, man. You know, Ryan Clark, Fred Taylor, Channing Crowder. That that, that conversation, I don't know if y'all have listened to the whole thing yet, but it's so powerful. Um, you know, I always say, man, you got to remember, if you didn't come from a healthy family, make sure a healthy family comes from you. And I think that as a parent, you know, we all struggle with that. We had the conversation yesterday about, you know, how do you discipline your kids when, mm -hmm. you know, they run up $10,000 on your credit card or whatever it is. Like, I don't, I don't, spank my children mm -hmm. in any way shape or form so you know you do end up raising your voice or, or yelling sometime and you do never feel good about that because you remember all of those times you got yelled at you know when when you was young now i don't call my kids names and all kind of stuff like that you know but <laughs> i did i definitely used to my parents my, my, my dad used to definitely called me my name names. i don't even remember that well i do remember what just tell us one um i think when you just call your kids stupid Oh, stupid! You know what I'm saying? You call yeah, your kids stupid, like that can, that can, that, yeah, names. stuff like that can stick with them. I don't call. You know my what I mean? Names. Especially, when, especially when they're young. Like I think yeah. they can internalize that and you know believe that. So yeah. like everything he said is true. Like you know, you want to be, you don't want to be your, you don't want your child, your your voice to be the the voice in your child's head. That's their inner critic. Yeah, you know. I mean, I, I do think you, that you have to discipline your children, but you, I, in my family, we explain why, just so they don't think that we're just yelling for no reason or, or getting upset for no reason. But every night before my kids go to sleep, you know, me and my wife, we kiss them, we love them, we tell them how much we we appreciate them, and we have like a, a most of the times we do pray. And in the morning, you know, uh, I know you do it. You, you speak to your daughters every morning. I speak to my kids every mm -hmm. morning before they go to school. Just to say, just to give them that that positive conversation before they leave in the day that to, to always let them know that that mommy and daddy love them and and we got their back. Yeah, I think we forget that we're like the first generation that has the luxury of actually healing. And I think sometimes we forget. You know, a lot of the things our parents were going through and they projected a lot of their issues onto us. So the pain and the hurt they might have mm -hmm. been dealing with, they projected on us. So you just got to make sure you're not you're not doing that. You got to make sure that, you know, whatever you're going through in your personal life, you're not projecting onto. Absolutely. Uh, 
your, your children. Like, Which you is know, very difficult at times because people are stressed out. There's so much going on in this world, but you just got to remember that that what you're going through, you don't want to push that to your kids. And and, and if, you, if your parents are still alive, I would say have those conversations to understand why. I mean, 6 o'clock this morning, my dad texted me to make sure I made it to work all right because the roads were, were, were icy and nasty. And, mm-hmm. and, and he does that each and every morning. So just make sure. And that gives me that, that positive feeling each and every morning. So. I think we all, we all got to remember the fourth agreement for Don Miguel Ruiz, which is always do your best. Mm-hmm. And remember what Dad Brian said uh, just now. Like, go find that clip, write those words down, and, you know, constantly repeat them to yourself if you're a parent. And most importantly, like I always tell y'all, go do the work on yourself, okay? Go to go go sit down with a therapist, go sit down with a psychiatrist, you know, go do the work on mm-hmm. yourself so you can deal with whatever pain and trauma you got going on so you don't project that uh, onto your children. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. Now, when we come back, we got front page news. Teslin Figaro will be joining us, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. What up, Tiz? What's going on, DJ Envy? Good morning, Charlamagne the Guy. Breakfast Club family. Let's jump right into it. Let's talk about chat GPT. So we've been talking about this. We've been talking about AI and how misinformation uh, will be on the rise this year, in particular with elections in this 2024 election season. Now, they have decided to roll out a plan to prevent its tools from being able to spread misinformation as voters prepare to cast their ballots. It said it will ban people from using the technology to create chatbots that impersonate real client, uh, real candidates or governments to misrepresent how voting works or to discourage people from voting. It said that uh, they will use more research to, to get this done. Uh, they understand that it will be very persuasive and powerful and it will not allow users to build applications for the purposes of political campaigning or lobbying. Uh, starting early this year, OpenAI open said it will digitally watermark AI images uh, that will be created uh, so that you'll be able to tell if it is an AI image. Uh, this will permanently mark the content with information about its origin, making it easier to identify whether an image that appears elsewhere on the web was created by an AI tool. I don't believe it. I got to see it to believe it. <laughs> I really do. Because my you thing is... You don't believe what? That they'll do it? I don't or? believe that they can watermark the stuff because why don't why don't they do that now with fake content? Yeah, I don't I don't think they can. I don't think they can either. There's so much fake content out there now. Like, literally, it's so much fake content. How come they can't watermark it now? And they, and they yeah. have all these different things that they try. Like, they try... They have these machines that you could put into your, uh, I guess, a chat GPT type of forum where you can see if something is real or not or... You know, there's things that you can tell if it's made up or not. But, you know, they, they'll find ways around it like they find ways around everything. Not to, yeah. mi- not, not to mention humans don't care. Humans will still take some of those same yes. watermarked AI stuff and present it as, as facts, right? I've right. already told y'all, in 2024, you know, in 2024, the presidential election here, the presidential election in South Africa, this year is going to be so full of misinformation. And I know for a fact... I per- well, I can't say I know for a fact, but I personally believe none of that stuff is going to work because nobody cares about the truth and the lies more entertaining. And folks are not searching for truth; they're searching for content. They don't care about what that content is. It does as long as it gets them engagement. So I can take those same watermarked AIs and still present them. Who gonna really be paying attention to the watermarks? Nobody. But you know, the, the sad thing about it is, even when people look things up, sometimes what they're looking up seems to be real and it's fake. So they think that they're actually doing the research, but they're researching things that don't exist or are not That's true. Right. You know, which is difficult and it's hard to really get it it's almost gonna have to get back to the old days of encyclopedia and i know some of y'all are like what the hell's an encyclopedia but it had to be something where you honestly know it's real because sometimes you google things and it's not real 
Yeah, no, that was the point I was going to bring up. Even if they watermark it with a big stamp across it saying this is fake, they still just are still going to believe it. Because again, remember we talked about this yesterday. People want something to believe in, even if that's a lie. In addition to that, we know people don't read the entire article. They read the headline. We know people don't read the caption. They just look at the picture. So even with a big watermark, I would like to see the watermark, by the way, to at least try to do something. But ultimately, will it make a difference if people want to believe a lie? And what happens when somebody takes a, takes a video, right? Right? Like somebody takes a video that we know is the truth. Like it's like it's literally a factual thing that we all know, but they take that watermark and put this is fake on it. That's right. gonna make people be like, you could take that watermark and put it on anything. That is true. <laughs> so so that people not people gonna stop believing the watermark. They gonna look at the watermark right. and say that's fake. That's fake, yeah. I'm telling you, this, yeah, because like, yeah, you'll be able to duplicate the watermark, I'm sure somehow. I, some I way. promise you, man. <laughs> it's all bad. It's, it's not, and at the end of the day, I'm still a gardener on my Wikipedia. Oh, you are. No, I'm not a gardener. It's, it's really over. You can't, <laughs> you can't put the toothpaste back into YouTube. It's really over. I'm telling you. I don't feel like none of this is going to work. But hey, man, I'm not mad at them for trying. Yeah, at least they're trying. Well, I wanted to give a quick update on the IRS. Uh, folks who are getting a return, start getting ready to get your uh, taxes returned. Those who got to pay taxes always wait to the last minute. But those who want to get going, they will be accepting your uh, IRS uh, uh, submissions January 29th. And I'm not going to start processing that right away, but they will be accepting it. Uh, they said that the annual incomes of people 79,000 or less uh, will be able to file for free. Uh, so they'll start getting that information out. And the agency said it expects 128 million individual tax returns this year to be filed by the April 15th tax deadline. Okay. And then one other random health study. I haven't I had a, a, a chance to do this in a while, but I love this kind of stuff. I'm a nerd. Did you know that men are more forgetful than women? It is a scientific fact. So I'm sure you guys always ask your wife to remember different things and wanted to throw this out here that numerous studies uh, dedicated to comparing the memory abilities of men and women consistently prove that men are more forgetful than women. A study published in the Quarterly Journal of Experimental Psychology hypothesized this is due to the varying brain structures of men and women. The hippocampus Campus is a part of the brain associated with. We're welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give us his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will be bringing his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. Don't miss the new docuseries, Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Based on the Wired cover story by Jason Parham and directed by Princess Penny, executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter. A people's history tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. If you were there for Meet Me in Temecula or Thanksgiving Clapback, you need to see this series. If you weren't there... Time to dive in. Watch how Black Lives Matter grew and gained force because of the voices on Black Twitter, bringing these issues to the forefront like never before. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. The memory, and it decreases faster in men than women. Are we really forgetful or we just pretend to forget? Huh? What'd you say? Exactly. I think you do both. <laughs> exactly. Huh? What'd you say? If you're high, you can hear. If you're high, you can hear. All right. Well, that is your front page news. Thank you, Tess. Absolutely. And make sure you subscribe to Tesla and Figueroa's podcast. It's Great Shot No Chaser podcast on the Black Effect iHeartRadio podcast network. And follow at Tesla and Figueroa on all social media platforms. All right. When we come back, Anjanu Ellis and Ava DuVernay will be joining us. Their movie Origin premieres January 19th. And we're going to talk to them all about it. So I don't move. think people realize how good this movie Origins is. If you've ever read the New York Times bestselling book Cast by Isabel Wilkerson, Origin is based on the book Cast. Mm -hmm. Well... Not based on the book, but based on the book. We'll, we'll discuss. Yeah, and we we just have to say this: we ha we have to support our own. Like we have to support when when we do these type of movies. We have to go. We have to support. If we can't, we gotta buy a ticket. You know, you, you're talking about uh, Color Purple that came out. Uh, about a month ago, you talk about Book of Clarence that came out what a week ago. Listen, everything you're saying sounds good, but these people ain't gonna listen. These Negroes is not gonna listen. Okay, mm -hmm. Color Purple made fifty five million dollars with a hundred and forty million dollar budget. Uh, Book of the Clarence. Book of Clarence had a forty million dollar budget. It made three million dollars this weekend. These Damn. Negroes ain't Damn. listening. We just talk. Well, how Beyonce? Do we, we 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 support a Beyonce, right? Oh, Beyonce ain't got no movies. Well, Renaissance did Renaissance. good. Renaissance. Renaissance actually did better than both those movies. Damn. All right. Well. Damn. We'll talk to them when we come back, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got some special guests joining us this morning. Yes, indeed. We have Ava DuVernay and Anjanae Ellis-Taylor. Welcome. Hello, Anjanae. Anjanae Ellis-Taylor. Welcome. Good morning. How do y'all feel today? How y'all feeling? Glad to be here with y'all. Black right. and blessed. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Blessed, black, and highly favored. That's there right. We're talking about a new movie, Origin, which is in theaters January 19th. It's based on the book Cast by Isabel Wilkerson. And I loved the book. I loved the movie. But when I heard you was doing a movie, Ava, I had no idea how you was going to turn it into a film. 
You yeah. know, so so what gave you the idea that you used to make it the the do I call it a scripted narrative? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a drama. Yeah. Well, break yeah. down how you heard about Cass. What made you read the book Cass first? I o- thought that was interesting. O- Oprah was really in my ear about this book, mm-hmm. and uh, but it was during the pandemic, and I was sad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then and then it came out about two months after the murder of George Floyd, and I just really wasn't trying to read a big old book. Mm-hmm. Um, but she kept on me and kept on me, and finally, uh, maybe a few months later, I've read it, and I, I didn't quite understand it. It's thick. It's it's a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were some things in it that I that were interesting I just didn't agree with everything so I read it again to try mm-hmm. to really understand it and by the time I got to that about the third time I said I want to make a movie about it the reason why you're saying you didn't know how I was going to turn it into a film is because it's not a, a story no it's mm-hmm. facts it's, and it's facts. research yeah yeah, yeah 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 and so the the idea was well let me make a movie about Isabel Wilkerson the author as she's researching those facts and then, so that's what the great Anthony Ellis Taylor plays is Isabel well, when you watch the film you can clearly see why it's called Origins but how did you know the name needed to be changed? I don't think people want to go see a movie called Cast. Yeah. I don't even think enough people know what Cast is. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just really trying to bring people into some, you know, information, some emotion about things that we should be thinking about in this country because it's so much easier not to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we need to be talking about it. Our freedoms are slipping away. Uh, there's information that in history that is being kept from us. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are secret arcs of what's going on in our society, whole arcs, beginning, middle, and ends that we are um, not aware of. Mm-hmm. And so, a lot of that is in her book, and we tried to bring it into the film. How, yeah. how much, how much time did you spend with Miss Wilkerson, Ajinu? Uh I didn't spend any time with Miss Wilkerson. Um, by the time that I became a part of the project. Uh, Ava and Miss Wilkerson had kind of um, uh, developed a working practice mm-hmm. uh, where she just sort of said, "Ava, you do your thing." Um, and I, when I became a part of the uh, project, I I honored that. I respected that. Well, how do you embody her so well? Because you're like one of the most passionate, thoughtful actresses on screen, but you, it really comes through in this film. So, how are you able to, to do that? Well, the great thing about her writing, and I recommend anybody to actually read read the book Cast, is that she she's and you know this, you know, mm-hmm. her writing is so transparent, mm-hmm. um, and there there's blood in her words. You know, every every pillar of Cast that she argues through every uh, every part of the book, she's in the book. She mm-hmm. she builds her arguments from her own personal experience. So I looked at the book Cast when I was reading it when I got the part as a memoir of Ms. Wilkerson. Um, so I, I just use that as my source material. And then I had a great script that how, Ava wrote. <laughs> I was ask, how, how were you able to get out of character? Was it easy? Because watching the film, I think anybody who watches it will get so much emotion, right? It starts mm-hmm. from the beginning. You get emotion because it brings you back to that time, to even the conversation when you're having with the, the plumber. And it, it puts you in a, in a situation where you're upset and you're mad and you're angry. So mm-hmm. how did you get out of character? And how long did it take you to get out of character when this film was finally over? Uh, I'm still in character. Really? I'm still in character. I I was talking to someone yesterday and they were asking me about why I wanted to do it. And and I said, well, I have I feel like I have something in common with with Miss Wilkerson. I don't have her brain, Mm -hmm. but I do feel like I share her heart. I don't have Ava's brain or her art art artistic uh, abilities, but I do feel I share her heart and I feel like it's my mission. And that's why I wanted to be wanted to be a part of it. So I'm in this character every day. The difference is is how Miss Wilkerson presents herself is far different from the way that I, I'm far more passionate. Mm-hmm. You know, at least I present more passionate than Miss Wilker Miss Wilkerson does. I Miss Wilkerson is very withheld, 
and I am not. That's very interesting <laughs> that you say that you feel like you don't have the their brains because it feels like a symphony, right? Like all of y'all are together. Yes, I don't know. She's <laughs> she being humble. The, 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 the sister is is a, a intellectually rigorous partner. The most um, the most robust muscular exchange of ideas that I've ever had on any set with any actor that I've ever worked with in wow. fifteen years of doing this. Wow. And I've worked with incredible people. But I'm talking about let's dissect what we're doing. Let's think about it together. Let's look at every line. Let's really make sure that this that our intention is coming through in every scene and everything we do um, and that kind of partner was incredible to have so um, so yeah it was an extraordinary experience shooting with her when, when you watch the film you see uh, Miss Wilkerson going through the whole creative process of the book do you see yourselves in the movie's version of Isabel? Yeah, I do. You know, when you're making a film, you are on a, 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 a singular journey. You're with a group of people. It's like you feel like a tribe of folks that are just kind of at war with, uh, you know, fighting for a vision and fighting for something every day. And I feel like she she was doing that, but she was alone. You know, mm -hmm. she was alone in the world. She, you know, in this film, we travel from, you know, you'll see um, this black woman actress, you know, traveling the world on an intellectual adventure. We're in Berlin. We're in New Delhi, India. Um, we are crisscrossing through seven different time periods. We are kind of on this globe-trotting, globe-spanning, mystery, romance, intellectual adventure, but we're all together. Isabel Wilkerson was what was by herself when she did it. Mm -hmm. And so um, just the idea that we're able to chronicle and capture this incredible feat um, done by this sister is is something that was an honor for us. What about you, Ajna? Do you see yourself in the film's version? Yes, I mean, I feel like, I feel, I mean, I feel that she she writes for me she writes my mind she writes my heart she writes you know so much that i did not have the words for if that makes sense mm -hmm. i i i knew that there was something at play here but i didn't know how to i didn't know how to articulate it and miss wilkerson gives us the words for it my experience being from rural mississippi and understanding that these statues and the flags that they're not just hagiography hey, they're not just oh we're putting this up here for no. our fallen heroes mm -hmm. that they are uh, they are tools of intimidation and this is this is what miss wilker this is the work miss wilkerson does she she calls it out she calls the thing for what it is and so she writes what i need to, the words i need to know in order to fight for what I need to fight for. Alright, we got more with Ava DuVernay and Anjanu Ellis-Taylor. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Ava DuVernay and Anjanu Ellis-Taylor. Charlemagne? Is it true, Anjanu, that you stood outside a movie theater passing out postcards to promote... <laughs> Uh, origin on the day of the Golden Globes? Yes, I did. Yes, yes, sir, I did. Wow. <laughs> and she's trying to go tomorrow, too, asking me for extra postcards. That's dedication. Sure. Yes, wow. I sure did. Absolutely. I, I'm not waiting for somebody to do it for me. I want to do it myself. We don't have a lot of money, right? We don't have millions and millions, millions of millions of dollars in promotional funds. If you're on Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles, and I've been there for the last couple of days working on this, every billboard is some incredible movie mm -hmm. we don't have that mm. so we got to get the word out whatever way we can so first of all thank y'all for letting Thanks us for come having on us. thank you for coming yeah. and yeah i was outside that movie theater passing out them postcards yeah, yeah absolutely man I, that that saddens me a little bit though because i'm like yo great films like this great black films created by black people black women it should get the promotion and the marketing and you think about everything that taraji's been saying recently about you know pay in the industry mm -hmm. for women Whose fault is that? Is it our fault for not supporting these films like we should? 
with our dollars or like whose fault is that? Um, in general, in our industry, um, there it, it is it is an interlocking puzzle of factors that put us all in the places that we're in. And so to ascribe it to one thing would be uh, to reduce a, a very, very complex math mm-hmm. um, that is generations old. And um, and that, you know, I, I really feel we need to solve for by getting together as a group of people and 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 trying to address everyone's different issues and find solutions. But it's just not one thing like that. The pay issue, it's a real issue, but it, it interlocks with so much, uh, uh, so much um history within the studio system and within within Hollywood within the marketing the distribution the exhibition mm-hmm. the you know the casting the production i mean it it's layered mm-hmm. it, it's from you don't see you're not seeing folks on sets in the positions where they're being crew members it's in the casting it's in the executive ranks mm-hmm. it's in the marketing it's in the promotion it's in the publicity it's in the distribution it's with the exhibitors you know the actual theaters themselves and what they want to play and what they think folks are coming in so you know it is um it's a mess mm-hmm. uh and yet we still make our art and yet we still tell our stories and yet we still enter into this and wade into it to try to enlighten entertain empower tell our stories so whenever you see a film like i love watching films late at night on bet let me tell you why they have one camera like it's just it's one camera you can tell you know they had two lights mm-hmm. you know what i mean in these movies they the makeup might not be quite right everything might be quite right but you are seeing someone with a voice mm-hmm. trying to create something and so i think you know it's really hard for me to criticize films because it's hard out there to make them and i know that whenever i see someone and bear witness to someone trying to do it they are fighting a battle that most people don't even know yeah what, what makes it worth it for you ajinu as a working actress like if it's not if it's not financial, what makes it just worth it for you? It, it depends on what it depends on what it is. You know, I, I'm 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 gonna I'm not gonna say that you know I'm above doing. I, I gotta pay. I gotta take care of people in my family. Mm-hmm. Got people who rely on me, uh, family and friends. Uh, so uh, Halle Berry famously said, "Acting is uh, is 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 a." Uh, I don't know what she said. What she was trying to say. What she said was, it's a job. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not something you do for for fun. It's great if you can do it for fun, but it's a job. It generates income for for your life. But when I have, when you can converge these sort of things of purpose and paycheck, like that's what I live for. And origin is origin is one of those origin is one of those places. I believe, and I cannot say this enough, coming from Mississippi, where there is an an active move to redact black women, black people from history books, from curriculums that is happening all over the South, that if you can come inside a theater with some popcorn in your hand and Ava DuVernay is offering origin, offering our history to us in places where we should learn it, but we can't because Mm -hmm. there's an act to remove us, to erase us. Uh, And when I'm doing this kind of work, I feel that it makes me want to get up in the morning, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to ask, what do you want people to get out of this film? Because there's so much to get, right? I, I'm, I'm one of the scenes where your mom in the movie and, mm-hmm. and she's talking about, you know, maybe he should, the boy should have just listened, right? And the crazy thing about that is that's something my dad would say, right? Mm-hmm. And he would say that because he's looking at it as, I just want you to get home, mm-hmm. right? But now me being a father and I have two boys, 
as a, a young man, you think about, I don't care what they say. I don't have to do this. But now as a father, I think of the same thing. I just want my kids to come home. And then on another scene, you, you look at the love story with the, with the gentleman who was, you know, uh, dating a Jewish girl. And you see his and you see what his heart meant. So what do you want people to get out of this story? Mm-hmm. The true message. The true message is, you know, people come out of this film and we've shown it um, in different festivals and things around the world. People come out of the film and they come. Some people come up to me and they're talking about grief and loss. Some people come up to me and they're talking about the grandmother. Some people come up to me and they're talking about, you know, the scenes of the Holocaust or the slave ship. Some people are talking to me about Niecy Nash and how she made them laugh in the Black Family Reunion scene or Audrey McDonald or Blair Underwood or whatever it is. I don't want to define what people take out of it. What I want to say is. We are not defending ourselves and we are not talking enough about what is happening. And I hope that this turns on people's desire to want to read more, talk more, Google, research, figure out what is happening around us. You know, we're welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give us his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will be bringing his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! And outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. Don't miss the new docuseries, Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Based on the Wired cover story by Jason Parham and directed by Princess Penny, executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter. A people's history tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. If you were there for Meet Me in Temecula or Thanksgiving Clapback, you need to see this series. If you weren't there... Time to dive in. Watch how Black Lives Matter grew and gained force because of the voices on Black Twitter, bringing these issues to the forefront like never before. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. 
Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. I talk about the stripping of rights. Um, this is an urgent call. There's so many people making it. And I'm just a filmmaker, so the only thing I can do is make films. That's what I do. And I'm asking you, what can you do where you are? Because we all need to um, alert ourselves, remind ourselves, orient ourselves to where we are and what is coming. Um, there's going to be a change in this country. It is going to be happening within the next year. And if you're not aware of what those changes are, please Watch the film or don't watch the film. Watch, read, talk to whoever you need to talk to to get up on um, the current state of events. Uh, and um, this is a, a an all-out emergency. So that's why it was really important for us to try to create something that instigates conversation. You come out and you're talking about it. That's the goal. All right. Well, don't go anywhere. We have more with Ava DuVernay and Anjanou Ellis-Taylor. When we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning. Everybody is DJ NV Charlemagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Ava Duvernay and Anjanou Ellis Taylor. Charlemagne, I thought it was incredible how you showed how Miss Wilkinson was inspired to write cast after the shooting of, of Trayvon Martin. And I know uh, Mr. Brina Fulton, his mother, has turned down a lot of people in regards mm -hmm. to putting that story on screen. So how did you convince her? You know what? I called that sister. I was so nervous when I called Miss Fulton. I called her. <laughs> And she was like, girl, why are you so nervous to talk to me? I said, does my first voice sound nervous? She said, yeah, your voice is shaking. She made me feel comfortable. We laughed. Uh, I told her what I wanted to do uh, in portraying, you know, the, the, the final night of her son's life, her son's Trayvon's life. And she said right there on the phone, do it. Wow. Do it right there. She said she believed in the work. She believed in my storytelling and that she trusted me with the story. Wow. I said, do you want to come to the set? Do you want to see the script? Do you No, just do it. And so uh, she visited my campus in, in Los Angeles. Um, we, we, we keep in nice touch. Her, her other son came to see the film. Um, I showed her some clips of the film uh, just so that she could be aware, you know, before it was out. Mm -hmm. and, um, and she's been a beautiful, beautiful uh, advocate for this, t the telling of the story. Was that a, the real 911 call? That might be a That is question. a real 911 call. Okay, I was like, man, whoever did that, that voiceover was great. That's, was that, like, that's <laughs> the real killer's wow. voice. Yeah. Wow. On that on that call, you hear his last words. So what? in the back, when you when in the film, when you hear the final 911 call that Zimmerman made when he called, uh, when people were calling the police on the scuffle outside. The yelling and, when, and screaming? The yelling yes, and screaming. Oh, yeah. It's man. his screaming in the, in the back. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's, he's saying help. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and when we think about that case, we think about <clears throat> Zimmerman, but you don't think about that 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 boy on the ground yelling, mm -hmm. help, help, help me. And so, we, you know, it's important to give visibility and presence to his voice. And so in the film, you don't just see what was done to him. You see what he was doing before this man even walked up to him. He was on the phone with his friends going to get some candy right. talking on the phone. And um, he was afraid. Yeah, that's what, that's what stood out to me. Like, yes. They say, yeah, think about that in a moment. You're in a neighborhood that's really not your neighborhood. It's dark, and you feel like you're being Someone's circling the block. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then, you know, you run because you want to get away. And- That's right. And so we show it from his perspective. It was the same thing with When They See Us. Mm-hmm. You know, people are mad about that. But the bottom line is, this is their story. Mm-hmm. You're mad about Selma. This is the black people of Selma's version of the mm-hmm. story. This is When They See Us. These are the Exonerates Five and their family's versions of the story. And so it's just like, who gets to tell the story? Whose perspective does this history and this news that you hear, who, who gets to tell it? Mm-hmm. And... um you know what? I just answered my question. Maybe that's why I'm not getting scripts. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I don't judge the old woman in the movie or anybody who feels Absolutely. like that. Because when I watched that scene, I literally said, don't run, brother. Mm. I, because I, I, we're I old. But if, we're yeah, older yeah, now. Yeah. You know but what I mean? We have experience. You would have ran. When you were that age. Yeah, absolutely. Probably. You know absolutely. what I mean? When you were yeah. that age, yeah. yeah. This man wasn't a police officer. And that's Zimmerman another thing. was not a police officer. The police told officer. him to stand down. Yes. They told him. Stand down. Stay where you are. We don't need you to do that. Yeah. But that's what yeah. that, that that piece in it is what got Isabel Wilkerson from what she told me thinking about the whole idea of caste because mm-hmm. she was like wait a minute this is a Latino man stalking a black boy to protect a white neighborhood mm-hmm. that's not race so everybody just puts that in the box of race and she was like but that's not race because because Zimmerman would have been in the same situation if that was him in a different neighborhood that's right yeah. but also you have you so so she's saying there's something more complex than this being race because you have all of these different class elements you know ethnicities you know mm-hmm. uh, cl- uh you know where the geography was so she started to think about well what is it and that's what led her to the idea of caste so we open the film and you see trayvon martin in his life in his day before george zimmerman is even around right. and what he was doing before and it was important to humanize him mm-hmm. i think that's the thing with when you're showing trauma on screen you can't show it as spectacle you have to show it as the emotion and the dignity of the person who's been traumatized mm-hmm. and so when we open Open the film. You open on him talking to his homegirl on the phone, laughing, doing their thing. So by the, by the time he is assaulted, he's not just a boy in the hoodie. You know what I mean? You know really specifically what was on his mind, what he was doing, and a bit of who yeah. he was. And that's that's so important when we're dealing with you know matters like this on screen. Has Miss Fulton seen it yet? I'm sure, right? Yeah, she saw the she saw the scenes that he was in. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She saw the scenes. That I wonder he was. how that was for her. I actually, I was she I was there. She was she had two friends with her, two a family member and a friend, um, and they were both very emotional. That sister is she was emotional, but she um, she was stoic about it, and she mm-hmm. said she said yes, that that's right. And so um, you know you imagine what a what a mother goes through, right. and the way they have to reserve their emotion, and 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 she was. Uh, I won't say strong because I hate I, I, I not hate that word, but I think it's overused. But she was, you know, very. Um, I think she was very. She was very present in the moment as she watched it. It was emotional, um, but she was processing it like analytically, like a mom, like protectively, mm-hmm. like okay, you can go do that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I and I've really enjoyed. Um, I've really enjoyed uh, each time we cross paths. The bottom line is our film um, will be out in the world on January nineteenth. And if it is near you, and it may not be near you, but I ask you from my heart, if it is near you, you have to find it because it will not find you. you should. There will be very few commercials. There will be very little promotions. You will not hear about it in your face like you're hearing about everything else. Mm-hmm. You, you, I'm asking you to look for it, to Google and see if it's near you. I'm going to cry. Google and see if it's near you. And if it is, please go or send someone to go and... It's not for the box office because I'll never see it. I'm not getting paid on this film. I didn't get paid on this film, right? I put my money into the into the, the film itself. The film's not going to make enough money for me to ever see any money back. Go to see it so that it can do what the purpose of it was. Our intention was to 
bring us together to talk about the things we need to be talking about, learn about the things we need to learn, come out a little bit um, more knowledgeable about some key things that might help you in your decision making because decisions will need to be made and soon. And so please Google, check, reach out, find it, take someone. That's my ask. If there's anything I've ever made that has entertained you, Queen Sugar, Selma, Wrinkle, Colin in Black and White, 13th, anything I've ever done, please look for this because I think there's something in it that will be worth your time. Well, how, how many how many more labels of love do you have, Ava? Because that's what this feels. I don't know. I'm if, tired. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I, I can really see am. it in you. Yeah, I'm tired. Well, I was gonna say I, I seen know. Ben Affleck. I seen Dave Chappelle do screenings. Yeah, Charlamagne, you want to do a screening? Me and you together? Absolutely. I would love to. Yeah, so we'll do a screening. That's easy. We'll get a, a, a theater you. here. Uh, I, I actually want to do it for some kids. I thought about that last night because my daughter's 15. I was like, Yo, I, I would, would love, love for to. her and her 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 age group to see it because it's such it's so education it's entertaining of course but it's also education and you have something Thank that you. you're doing for teens right 16 yeah, years old yeah. break that down it's called seat 16 and you can so you go to seat s-e-a-t uh 1616.com and you can buy a ticket for a young person and for $16, you buy a ticket, and then they also get a year-long subscription to Masterclass. Because mm-hmm. I did one of those Masterclasses about how to how to how I made the film. And um, and so for a year, they can go on, and they can get a Masterclass and watch Masterclasses and have an education about all kinds of things for 16 bucks. And the hope is that we can, you know, get young people into this. So and you could just go to this website and pay for a 16-year-old's ticket. And, yeah, and that, a, young to, a young person's ticket for 16 bucks. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's the site again? Seat16.com. Seat16.com. I, I promise, if it means anything, Ms. Duvernay, I think this is your best work, you know, mm. because, you know, I don't think you get the respect you deserve as a writer, you mm-hmm. know, as, as much as you do as a director, but mm-hmm. there's a lot going on in this film, mm-hmm. but you were able to take, like, the, the documentary style of 13th and mix it with the, the narrative of a, a, when they see us, mm. it just creates a, a great piece of work called, called Origin. Right. Thank you. And Ajinu, you... you Phenomenal, bodied it. That's right. Like, like bodied it. Thank you. All types of emotions. Thank, thank you so much. Well, thank you guys so much. The movie January nineteenth. Go check it out. Go see it. Uh, go find it. Yeah, go find it. <laughs> go find it. It's gonna be in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. It's gonna be somewhere. You we know appreciate you all for joining thank us. Thank you, you for so having much. us, brothers. Thank you. Absolutely. Good morning. All right. That was T Grizzly, Chris Brown. Mariah the Scientist. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Charlemagne, the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Usher. Rumor has it. Rumor, rumor has it. Call out a name or you gossiping or you chatty patty. I'm gossiping. This is the rumor report. I mean, I guess we on the Breakfast Club. This is where the tea spills, right? Right. Yes. Now, we tried to report this yesterday, but we had technical to, uh, difficulties yesterday Yesterday because of the mics went out. It was, a, it was a problem, but we were talking about Usher. Now, of course, Usher's performing at the Super Bowl this year. Uh, Charlemagne's Dallas Cowboys won't be there. Our and neither will your New York Giants. I done told you you got to shut up. won't be there. And neither will your New York Giants. You are really delusional. You lack self-awareness. I hope you know that. Like I said, <laughs> Charlamagne Dallas. I never thought my Dallas, my my, my Giants was gonna be there. That's I, your fault for not I having no optimism. That. No, I knew the truth, and you should have known the truth too. No, but anyway, why? we was twelve and five. But did you make we, it? We made it to the playoffs. You say it every year. Though. If you get into the playoffs, you have an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. You your team didn't even make year. the playoffs. You say it every Y'all year. Y'all started rooting for that guy because his name was Devito, and he had a a a a, 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 a agent that y'all thought was cool. <laughs> Y'all, Tommy Devito, you talking about? Whatever. I don't know. All right. Well, anyway. As I was saying, uh, the Super Bowl this year, they, Good Morning America spoke to Usher about his performance and uh, the fact that he's getting ready and if he ever thought about this before. 
nine number one singles, over 80 million records sold Legend. worldwide. Legend. How do you possibly pack that into 13 minutes? Where do you start? I'll try to get back as far as I can and go back to the first album if I could, but, you know, it's literally 13 minutes. I think I just started by making certain that um, my kids approved. I got my portion of it for, yeah. for the, you know, for the, the 30 and up, I got them. Yeah. But for my youngins, you know, I'm, I'm asking on Cinco and Naveed, I'm taking notes. Mm -hmm. They've been like taking conference calls with my entire team, <laughs> giving notes. When did you start rehearsing for the show? Actually, you know what? I'm playing the Super Bowl the first time as a support uh, for the Black Eyed Peas. Since that day, I think I, I had it in my mind that I wanted to go back to the stage. Usher, what is your favorite song to perform and why is it Yeah? Who said it was Yeah? I mean, I said it was Yeah. Because... You think it's oh, your favorite song is Yeah? <laughs> Listen, man, legend. That was Kelly Carter, by the way. Salute to Kelly Carter. Carter. Drop on the clues bombs for Usher, man. Mm -hmm. Legend. What a bomb! This, this is a celebration of black music. It's a celebration of culture. This is Usher getting his flowers on the highest level. Absolutely. Like, we've been on a journey with Usher <laughs> since day one, right? Like, you remember mm -hmm. the first time you seen Usher in a music video? Mm -hmm. It had to be like 25 years ago, right? At least. Yeah. Because Confessions is 20. Yeah. I think Confessions... Am I tripping? Yeah, Confessions came out in 2004. So Confessions turns 20 this year. So Usher been around for at least 25 years. Absolutely. At least. I'm excited to see him at oh the Super Bowl. Oh, my God. Cannot wait. Bring the stripper poles to the Super Bowl, Usher. If you've been to Usher's Vegas residency, you know how it goes when he brings the stripper poles out. The girls probably can't be dressed the way they dressed in Vegas, but you got to bring them stripper poles to the Super Bowl stage. That's right. Well, salute to Usher. And also salute to Ice Cube. He received a Basketball Hall of Fame award named after him. Basketball. With six, rap star, film producer, actor, entrepreneur, and Big Three Basketball League co-founder Ice Cube was in Springfield today. The artist received the inaugural Ice Cube Impact Award. The award recognizes Ice Cube's remarkable contributions to basketball and his commitment to fostering dialogues on inclusivity and equal opportunity. So it's an award that we, you know, I, I get the first one, but we're going to give it out every year to people who've made a positive impact using the game of basketball. So I'm out here because, uh, you know, it's a huge honor for me and it's great to be able to to interact with the community as well. Today's award presentation took place at the Basketball Hall of Fame. I love it. Drop on the clues, Monster Ice Cube. I'm shocked the NBA hasn't bought uh, the Big Three yet. Me too. Only because, like, the Big Three scratches out the lifespan of, like, some of their greatest players. Like, think about a Big Three... Uh, the game at the All-Star all, all Weekend. Right. You know, where you go, you can go get the Tracy McGrady's and the Allen Iverson's and, you know, the Kevin Garnett. Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, the Carmelo Anthony. They playing against each other. Like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just shocked they haven't, uh, bought the big three. But it also gives players an opportunity who were in the league that think they can still play to show that they still can Absolutely. play, you know, uh, outside of the G League. So. And people we still want to see. Right. You know, there's people we still want to see. There's people that just, you know, hung it up. Like like a Carmelo, you still would want to see him out there. Absolutely, you know. So yeah, I'm I'm shocked. I'm sure they will Absolutely. at some point, but I'm just right. shocked they haven't already. All right, and that is but the price is only going to keep going up. Well, I mean for the big three. Yes. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, man. That is your rumor report. Now, who are you giving that donkey to? Oh man, I need uh, Nikki Haley to come to the front of the congregation. We'd like to have a word with her. Okay, we'll yes. get into that next. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. This is a miracle. There is no question that there are problems in this country between police and community. Yes, you are 
a donkey. To the latest on that police killing of a black man. Now the new development. We're welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give us his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will be bringing his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbroke, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. Don't miss the new docuseries, Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Based on the Wired cover story by Jason Parham and directed by Princess Penny, executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter. A people's history tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. If you were there for Meet Me in Temecula or Thanksgiving Clapback, you need to see this series. If you weren't there... Time to dive in. Watch how Black Lives Matter grew and gained force because of the voices on Black Twitter, bringing these issues to the forefront like never before. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. It's in the deadly spa shooting rampage. Uh, and yesterday was a really bad day for him, and this is what he did. And so we are in a state of emergency. Okay, white supremacist violence is and always has been the number one threat to our society. But I'm also very proud that my wife is white. It's a breakfast club, bitches. All right, Charlene, please tell me, why was I your donkey of the day? <laughs> well, 
Donkey of the Day for Wednesday, January 17th goes to Republican presidential candidate and former governor of South Carolina, Nikki Haley. I have had the opportunity to have a conversation with Nikki Haley when I guest hosted uh, The Daily Show last November. I had her on. I've also said repeatedly, I personally believe the Republican Party should move away from Donald Trump and the 91 criminal charges two impeachments and a host of other BS he brings to the table. That's an understatement, by the way. Uh, the GOP needs to move away from him, get behind Nikki, but they won't because the white supremacist party doesn't really want an Indian-American female representing them. I don't believe anyway. And the GOP, if, you know, they can get Trump back in office, are so close to really taking over and punishing who they hate. Why would they give that up now? But those aren't the reasons we are gathered here today. We are gathered here today because Nikki Haley is in the news this week because she is the latest American politician to say America is not a racist country. <laughs> Her statement was America has never been a racist country, which is complete malarkey. Cap, as the kids say. Let's listen. Are you a racist party? We're not a racist country, Brian. We've never been a racist country. Our goal is to make sure that today is better than yesterday. Are we perfect? No. I know I faced racism when I was growing up, but I can tell you today is a lot better than it was then. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't even the question. The question was, are you a racist party? But Nikki said America has never been a racist country. But then she turned around and said she has experienced racism. That's because there can be systemic racism uh without racist let's discuss listen uh y'all i don't know why we have to say this ever so often but a quick reminder america is a racist country i think we forget that racism isn't always explicit explicitly visible it's not always uh you know uh, conscious but in america what racism absolutely is and always has been is systemic and structural Remember when the great black philosopher, uh, father of Blue Ivy said, and you can try to change, but that's just the top layer. Man, you was who you was before you got here. That's America, regardless of how the top layer changes. Doesn't matter if Oprah is the richest woman in the world or Barack Obama was president. That's just top layer stuff. The root, the foundation of this country is systemic and structural racism. It's deeply embedded in systems, laws, written or unwritten policies. These racist practices and beliefs that produce and perpetuate widespread unfair treatment and oppression of people who are at the bottom of this caste system in America, okay? And those people are black, brown. It is what it is. Why do we act like this isn't a thing, okay? <laughs> America was never a racist country. How many examples do you need right now? We don't even gotta, you know, get in the DeLorean and go back to slavery or the Jim Crow South. We can talk about residential segregation right now, unfair lending practices and other barriers to home ownership. We could talk about, uh, you know, unfair barriers to accumulating wealth and environmental injustice and bias policing and sentencing of black men and black boys, voter suppression policies. There's a quote and the quote is those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. And when people say things like America is not a racist country or it's never been a racist country, that's them trying to not remember the past. And that is exactly why systemic racism continues to permeate all sectors and areas of society. Okay, saying things like America is not a racist country or America has never been a racist country is why we have never truly fixed systemic racism because acknowledging the existence of systemic racism is the first step. All right, you can't heal what you don't reveal and we're not gonna ever heal because there's not a politician who truly wants to be honest about it. This isn't the first time I've given the biggest hee-haw to someone for making these type of statements. Oh, no, 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 no. See, back in 2021, just three short years ago, uh, my South Carolina brethren, Senator Tim Scott, delivered the GOP response to Biden's first joint address in Congress. <sighs> and he said this. Hear me clearly. America is not 
a racist country. Cap. Yeah. <laughs> well, that statement for the next few days caused the media to ask every person of color, okay, every black and brown person who was in government, whether or not they thought America was a racist country. They asked, you know, uh, more of my South Carolina brethren, my OG Jim Clyburn. I love Jim Clyburn. I hope this doesn't get my invite to Jim Clyburn's world famous fish fry revoked this year. But they asked my OG and he said this. A racist country would never elect Barack Obama president or uh, Kamala Harris, vice president. So we should stop arguing about whether or not this is a racist country. It is not. Cap. They also asked Vice President Kamala Harris, is America a racist country? And she had this to say. Well, first of all, no, I don't think America is a racist country, but we also do have to speak truth about the history of racism in our country and its, and its existence today. Cap. Nikki Haley, Republican, Tim Scott, Republican, Jim Clyburn, Democrat, Kamala Harris, Democrat, all saying America is not, or as Nikki said, never has been a racist country. Every single one of those statements is just simply not true on any level. Absolute falsehoods, okay? The Vice President Kamala Harris said America is not a racist country, but the nation must speak the truth about its history with racism in this country. Speaking the truth about the history of racism in this country is acknowledging that, yes, America systemically and structurally is a racist country, okay? Saying this country isn't racist because they elected President Obama and, you know, Vice President Kamala Harris is not accurate. Everybody in this country isn't racist okay i believe people aren't inherently racist but once again this country this system is rooted in structural and systemic racism the irony of uh, og jim clyburn statements are they are actively trying to prevent us from ever having another president obama now through voter suppression and we can't even begin to discuss the impact of voter suppression on black communities we're talking about guess what america being racist and we're not even going to get into the Electoral College's racist origins, okay? I'm not smart enough to discuss that. But once again, you can't talk about that without talking about America being a racist country. All right, listen, here's what it is. Regardless of party, nobody talks about race honestly because when it comes to Republicans, racism is part of the GOP's ideological DNA. And when it comes to Democrats, they just scared. They just shook to death. That's why I call them cowards, okay? Democrats advocate for anti-racist policies, but then turn around and say America is not a racist country. It's stupid. And all because they are afraid to turn off hypothetical imaginary swing voters. This is why people think Democrats are full of it, because when Republicans are telling their base their truth all the time and Democrats are dancing around, OK, everything, Republicans look honest and Democrats look like liars. I know it's strange, but that's why knowing how to communicate is important and you will never win people over looking like you lying. OK, Republicans are more honest with their lies than Democrats are about their truth. I repeat. Republicans are more honest with their lies than Democrats are with their truth. Democrats, in regards to racism and a lot of other things, but in regards to racism, especially in light of what Nikki Haley just said, Dems need to lean into some difficult, honest conversations about race in this country. You will win some people over and you will lose some people, but anything is better than what y'all are doing right now. Okay, but I don't want to make this about Dems because, as I said earlier, regardless of party, no politician has conversations about race honestly in this country. But one more thing for Democrats, all right? You can't lay out all these examples of systemic racism and then turn around and say America isn't a racist country. You just dismissed your own position, okay? If the Democratic Party was unified and they all collectively said America is a racist country and it's our job to fix it, it wouldn't be an issue and it would be honest. But folks are scared to be honest, okay? Folks are scared to be honest because they know nobody in the party will have their back. 
And if you were honest, you would really show the glaring difference between yourself and Republicans. Okay, in regard to racism, but in regard to racism, you all are saying the same thing. And that is deeply disappointing. It is deeply disappointing to listen to all of these people try to either deny or oversimplify racism. Okay, to either deny or oversimplify America being a racist country or in the case of Nikki Haley saying America was never a racist country to begin with. Please give Nikki Haley the biggest hee haw. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today. Yes, indeed. Now, uh, let's open up the phone lines. Mm. 800-585-1051. This morning in the room was we told you a story about Des mm. Bryant. He was on a Pivot podcast. Fantastic conversation. And he was talking about breaking generational curses. This is what he said. Let me read something. It's been on my phone for about since I met y'all. Probably like six years. Just say, uh, break, break generational curses. Quit yelling at your kids before they go to bed and inspect them to sleep well. Quit yelling at your kids in the morning right after they wake up before school and inspect them to have a good day. You set the tone for your children. You set the tone for your, you set the tone for your voice. They will always remember in their heads. You become the inner voice. Don't be the inner critic. Speak life. Speak love. Speak bravery. Kindness and hope. Speak wisdom and truth. Most of all, listen to your children. I never had none of that. I get that to mine. And that's my number one priority. I follow that. That's how I break it. And um, and I do it. I live it. I live it. I want, uh, I encourage everybody to go listen to that episode of The Pivot with, uh, you know, Daz Bryant. But, you know, I really just want to know when you hear that, when you hear those words coming out of Daz Bryant's mouth, how does it make you feel as a parent? Not even just a parent. How does it make your inner child feel? What do you feel when you hear those words? Words. Well, we'll discuss when we come back. 800-585-1051. Let's talk about it. All right, it's The Breakfast Club. Come on. The Breakfast Club. It's topic time. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. If you're just joining us, uh, during the earlier rumor, we were talking about Des Bryant. He was on the Pivot Podcast with Ryan Clark, Channing Crowder, and uh, Fred Taylor. Salute to my guys, man. Salute to everybody over there at the Pivot, man. Love, love, love what they do. One of my favorite podcasts to listen to. They, uh, I told Ryan this a long time ago. I think I said it when I even did the Pivot. Like They really have created a safe space you know, for men to go and be vulnerable. You know, if you've ever seen like the Michael Beasley conversation or, you know, you saw the recent Des Bryant conversation, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, he got a chance to talk about breaking generational curses and this is what Des Bryant said. Let me read something. It's been on my phone for five. Since I met y'all, it's probably been like six years. Just say, uh, break, break generational curses. Quit yelling at your kids before they go to bed and inspect them to sleep well. Quit yelling at your kids in the morning right after they wake up before school and expect them to have a good day. You set the tone for your children. You set the tone for your, you set the tone for your voice. They will always remember in their heads. You become the inner voice. Don't be the inner critic. Speak life. Speak love. Speak bravery. Kindness and hope. Speak wisdom and truth. Most of all, listen to your children. I never had none of that. I get that to mine. And that's my number one priority. That's, I follow that. That's how I break it. And, um, and I do it. I live it. I live it. So we're opening up the phone lines. 800-585-1051. 
Uh, just talking about what's your thoughts after hearing Des Bryant talking about uh, how he feels about his kids and, and probably uh, how much trauma it probably brought back to him because he probably was yelled at before he went to sleep. He probably was yelled at before he went to school and well, clearly how it's he affected said him and how it's affected him throughout his life, you know? Yeah, man, listen, uh, it, it reminds me of the statement, if you didn't come from a, or the quote, if you didn't come from a healthy family, make sure a healthy family comes from you. Everything Des said, you know, hit home, you know, not just hit home, you know, cause, 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 cause what my inner child, you know, felt when he said those words, but you know, it hit home, you know, me being a parent now, which is why in those moments when I do fall short and, you know, I yell at my kids for something, I do something that I never got when I was a kid, when I used to get yelled at. And that was, you know, an apology. You know, I apologize to them sometimes because, well, most of the time because of everything Des Bryant said, because I don't want to be their inner critic. I don't want them to think of me and my words to them. You know, and 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 feel feel down about that. I feel insulted. I want them to get strength from my words. I want them to feel empowered by my words. You know, which is why when you are father of a young daughter or young daughters like I am, you tell them they're beautiful. You tell them you love their complexion. You tell them you love their hair. You tell them they're brilliant. You tell them they can achieve anything because that's the stuff that they're gonna remember. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Yeah, I do discipline my children, and uh, I was always taught. When you discipline, you do it out of love, right? You don't do it because you're having a bad day. You don't do it because of something that's going on in your life. You do it out of love. And I think that's the the one thing I would say that as parents, we need to do more. When we make a mistake, when we're wrong, we apologize, right? Because, you know, a lot of times people feel like apology is, is you're being weak. But no, apologizing is being strong. You understand what you did was wrong and you're apologizing and you're telling your kids this is not the way that you're supposed to be acting. Um, now, when it comes to my kids and they do something wrong, I explain to them what it is so they understand. They just don't think that I'm taking something away or they're getting yelled at or there is a, a you know, a problem because of something that they don't understand why. And I mm -hmm. think as, as a lot of times as children, we don't understand why we were, you know, in trouble or why our parents said no. But I think when you break it down and you explain it, it it's a it's a it's a. I think they gain more trust for you as a parent because now they understand why you're looking out for them. I'll be honest with you. I always knew I was getting in trouble as a kid. I, that, like kids, kids ain't that kids ain't that clueless now. Kids know when they ain't nah, got no. But, but kids, like sometimes, like for instance, last night, you know, I had a uh, shout out to my son Jackson uh, for Christmas. My daughter came home. Madison came home, and she Fortnite a lot. So mm -hmm. he's into Fortnite now, mm -hmm. and he's almost almost addicted to Fortnite. Like he plays so much. So I had to pull him back off of Fortnite. I pull him back off his video games. So last night I go in his room and the video game is up and I'm like, oh, bro, we just had this conversation. But he took it as, Dad, you said don't play Fortnite, but I'm playing Madden. It's two different things, you know what yeah, I mean? That's just a conversation. But it's just a conversation. But yeah. you know, he didn't necessarily get it. So when I explained to him what it was, he was like, all right, I thought you just meant. Don't by, the, by the way, I know he know good and well Absolutely what he was doing. Absolutely, he knows. Please, but that goes back to my point. <laughs> that's my point. Absolutely. You know damn well he wasn't supposed to be playing no video games, period. Absolutely. He but, just hit you with the wordplay and you fell for it. I, see, boy, but, you are really clueless. No. That's what we, we are realizing. Nah, it's not, Envy is clueless. Envy can get got. I want no. y'all to. Envy gets got so easy. No, shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Just see, go to the phone. You play Let's too go much. to the phone. You play too much. Just go to the phone. You play too much. Just go but, to the phone. No. But what I was saying was about why I wanted him to stop playing video games because he was missing out on life. He was missing out on family things. He was missing out on the most important things, mm -hmm. and he understood it. That's what the point was. Hello, who's this? This is Marie. Hey, good morning. Good morning. How so did you feel I when you agree. heard that, Marie? I agree with what he's saying, one hundred percent. Because I do feel like what our parents used to do with us or how they spoke to us do affect us in the long run. So I grew up, like, very strict, very stern. I'm Puerto Rican, so it was, like, 
when you're on punishment, you know, you kneel down with your hands on the wall, you hold encyclopedias and stuff. So I try my best to be different with my son, but it is difficult sometimes to break, you know, break those characteristics that you know, because I feel like now if my mother wasn't turning and she wasn't the way she was, then we wouldn't be how we are today. So I try not to definitely hit my son, but these new kids, they have like a different outlook on things. They very much entitled. So sometimes as parents, we do get tired of talking. And I tell my son all the time, like, don't think I like yelling at you. Don't think I like putting punishment, giving punishment. But I do have to discipline you and let you know that you can run over me. You won't be able to do what you want to do. But I do feel like we need to bring more life encouragement kids, uplift them, and be open with them and have those conversations and even let them express to us how they feel. Like I would tell my son, if I make you feel a way, be okay with telling me. I have no problem with apologizing to my son. I feel like a lot of parents do, but that's how we teach our kids to take accountability and for also be proud of the things that they do. Absolutely. Thank you, Mama, for sharing your story. Hello, who's this? It's Carlos. Carlos, good morning. What did you think after you heard that, brother? Well, for uh, for Daddy Banks, I I, I do understand uh, what he means as far as don't yell at your kids before they go to school. Expect them to have a good Time day. Who, I understand who, that who, who did you say just now? Daddy Banks, right? That was Dad Brian, man. Dad Brian. Oh, Dad Brian. My bad. My bad. My Dad Brian and Daddy Banks, ex football player. My apologies. Go ahead, bro. Okay. Yeah. I get it. But what I'm saying is, is that what the what he's dealing with, that's his level of trauma, right? That's something that he went through, and, and he's trying to correct that in his life. And I absolutely understand that. I agree with it. Good for him. But the only thing that I'm trying to say is I don't think that most people just yell at their kids for nothing. No, I think a, a that, lot of people you know, do. A lot of people do, and the reason a lot of people do is because, you know, what people don't think about it, when you're stressed out, right, and you have a lot of stress, whether it's work, whether it's just the outside world, whether it's financial, whether it's family, most of the times you take it out on the closest people to you, which is usually your wife and your kids. And most people don't think about it, but they usually do. I don't think, I think what he's saying is, some. I, I get what you're saying, my brother, on the phone, but I think sometimes... There can be an overreaction based off everything Envy just said. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you yeah. might, you might yell at your kids for something that doesn't necessarily mean, doesn't necessarily need that level of, of yelling volume. Right. You know what I'm, if, if I'm saying this correctly, because I'm not, I'm also not trying to disregard what he's saying. I'm just using it as an example to say surface level. Like, if my, if my kid did something wrong, I'm going to talk to him a lot more stern, whether it's before bed or before school, to make sure he just understands the point. Like, hey, you may have done something wrong. Yeah, and, and I that's think that's probably just that's probably just my that's probably just me and the way I operate in my home. Well, thank you, brother. Yeah, and I'm sure it's not even just the yelling; it's the it's it's what's being yelled. It's the things you say to your children before they go to sleep, or the things you Absolutely. say to them before they go to school. Like, you know, I think a lot. We we got to. We just got to speak more life into our kids, man. 800-585-1051. We're talking about Des Bryant. He did an interview on the Pivot Podcast. And he was talking about breaking generational curses. We're going to play it when we come back. And just asking your thoughts. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now we got a salute to uh, Ava DuVernay for joining us this morning. Salute to Ava DuVernay and Anjanu Ellis. Uh, the movie Origins will mm -hmm. be out 
uh, January 19th in select theaters, man. If you were a fan of the book Cast by Isabel Wilkinson, this uh, movie Origins is based on that book. And I know you're saying to yourself, how did they make a, a, a movie about a book full of facts and research? Well, the book is about, I mean, the movie is about Isabel Wilkinson mm -hmm. and, you know, how she came to even, you know, write the book called Cast. So, uh, it's a it's a fantastic film, man. So go check it out in select theaters on January nineteenth. And salute to everybody celebrating a birthday today. Do you see this birthday list? Yeah, it's crazy. First of all, you got Mari Povich, okay. You got James Earl Jones, Dwayne Wade, Michelle Obama, mm -hmm. Betty White, Jim Carrey, Muhammad Ali, yep, Steve Harvey, yep, Little John, yep, and our good brother Ray J. Also, it's my guy B Dot's born day. B Dot, you're not on this list. Mm -mm. I just put you on there, okay. Just want to throw that out there. Salute to but B-Dot. Damn. Happy birthday, B-Dot. I had no idea all of those people uh, shared the same day. I don't know why I thought B-Dot was a Virgo. Nah, B-Dot is a Capricorn. Maybe I'm thinking about low-key. Shout out to low-key. All right. Anyway. Low-key's definitely a Virgo. Anyway, let's uh, positive note when we come back is The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. It's time to get up out of here. Charlemagne, you got a positive note? That's right. Uh, listen, man. Um... I want to tell everybody, make sure you go check out Des Bryant's conversation on the Pivot Podcast with Ryan Clark, Fred Taylor, and Channing Crowder. Amazing conversation, man. I want all of us to continue to do the work on ourselves, continue to go see your therapist, your psychiatrist, your counselors, counselors your spiritual leaders, whatever you got to do to do the work on yourself. Keep doing it. And um, I just want to tell y'all, man, we don't call our cars broken when they're out of gas. They just need to be filled up. We don't call our phones worthless when they're out of battery. They just need to be plugged in. The same goes for us. As individuals, me and you, you are not broken. You are not worthless. You're worth healing. You're worth rest. Go get some. Have a great day. Breakfast Club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done? Don't miss the new docuseries, Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Based on the Wired cover story by Jason Parham and directed by Princess Penny. Executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter. A People's History tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. If you were there for Meet Me in Temecula or Thanksgiving Clapback, you need to see this series. If you weren't there, time to dive in. Watch how Black Lives Matter grew and gained force because of the voices on Black Twitter, bringing these issues to the forefront like never before. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk? Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. 
change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. When you drive a vehicle so reliable, it's backed by a 10 year, 100,000 mile limited warranty, you stop thinking. Thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.